NPR. Stacey, you've got a new book out this week. Yes, I do. It is called Machiavelli for Women. I love the title. Thank you. It was very fun to write. It's all about women and work. And a lot of it's sort of based on some of the economic data that's kind of frustrated me for a long time. Yeah, no, that's right. One of the big ones has to do with company leadership. So, Darian, nearly 80% of CEOs are male. Nearly 90% are white. And these numbers haven't really budged in a decade. And I could never understand quite what was going on, especially since some of the other numbers in the economy were so promising and exciting. Things just seemed stuck in this area. And and as I was doing research for my book, this article caught my eye. It was written by Alana Samuels. She is the senior economics correspondent for Time magazine. And apparently she had been noticing these numbers as well. I was just feeling very frustrated and thinking, you know, what can I do about this? And the only thing I could think of is to stop giving my money to all these businesses that are run by men and giving them instead to businesses run by women. Alana decided to buy only products from companies that were owned or run by women. This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Stacey Vanek-Smith. And I'm Darian Woods. Today on the show, we follow Alana on her journey to buy female. And we see what that reveals about women and the U.S. economy. That does not sound that hard, like a week, right? I did not think it would be that hard. Famous last words. (laughs) (laughs) What could possibly go wrong? This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. Capital One Auto Navigator can help you find a car, get pre-qualified instantly, and see your real monthly payment without impacting your credit score. Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms and conditions apply. More at CapitalOne.com slash Autonavigator. Alana Samuel started out her week-long journey to buy only products from female-owned companies and female-run companies, feeling really optimistic. After all, about 40% of small businesses in the U.S. are owned by women, and that should mean a lot of options. The main thing she needed was food, groceries for the week. Most immediately for Monday dinner. She's got a new baby and didn't want anything too elaborate. Yeah, so Monday dinner was spaghetti with turkey ragu. Uh, Very simple. She headed to her neighborhood Safeway. So just kind of start going up and down the aisles. And I would see, you know, there's a pasta sauce, has a woman on the cover. I Google it and then it'd be like, nope. And so I was getting so frustrated. Every single company is either run by a man or owned by some giant conglomerate like Johnson & Johnson or P&G that's uh, run by a man. So you're like in front of – in the pasta aisle, like in front of all the pastas, like Googling yes, all the companies? Exactly. Right. So finally, Alana decided to bail on Safeway and she went across town to a co-op grocery store. And she figured, look, they focus on local products and smaller brands. Maybe there's some hope there. But – there still was no pasta. <laughs> um, really? So I found one on, on the end of aisle, and it turned out the CEO was a woman. Um, but this pasta was like $13 for a box of penne, which would usually cost like $3. That is some pricey penne, for sure. For your pretty penny, it's a very pricey penne. <laughs> Back to the story. Alana was relieved she could find anything at all. And she also scored with the tomato sauce, too. I found some pasta sauce that had a woman's face on it. And the business 
It was a female celebrity chef. But ground turkey? That was a bust. She couldn't find any women-owned companies selling meat. Is it surprising to you that, that she had so much trouble? No, it's not surprising. This is Julia Pollack. She is a labor economist and the chief economist at ZipRecruiter. She says most of the businesses in the U.S. are not, in fact, started by white men. Women start fully 40 percent of the businesses in the U.S. Black women right now are starting businesses at a record pace. But most of these businesses are tiny. Many have no employees. They're like Etsy stores and eBay stores. And the reason that they are so tiny, says Julia, is money. If you look at some of the figures, they're really quite dramatic. Like women-led startups received just 2.3% of venture capital funding in 2020. Um, That's according to crunch-based figures. And black women, just 0.34%. So it's a pretty staggering imbalance. 0.34%. So like not even a half a percent, like a third of 1%. Like a rounding error, yes. And it's not just venture capital. Women are about half as likely to receive a small business loan. And if they do get a loan, that loan tends to be a fraction of what male borrowers get. And it's not for a lack of entrepreneurs. Right now, in fact, the number of women going into business is rising really fast. In fact, around 17 percent of black women are starting a business or running a new business right now. That outpaces white women and white men. The thing is, says Julia, most of these businesses will probably fail. And the reason, Julia says, that comes back down to that lack of money. What happens to people like when their access to money in an economy is restricted? It means that whenever there's you know, rapid, dramatic growth and the stock market is hitting new highs, they are missing out on those gains. And it means that whenever a crisis hits, they are the hardest hit. We saw this at the start of the COVID pandemic. Women and minority-owned businesses closed at far higher rates than businesses owned by white men. These businesses have much smaller financial cushions. And when there is a recession and they aren't able to draw down on savings or to borrow, many women-owned and minority-owned businesses that did not have that ability and and were forced out of business. And when women and minorities do get funding, says Julia, it often comes with a lot of strings, like higher interest rates or stricter terms. Alana Samuels, our women-only shopper, found this when she started examining some of the products that she did find. Remember the fancy $13 penne? It came from this company called Semolina Artisanal Pasta, based in Pasadena, California. I mean, it was amazing pasta. It was it was extremely delicious. Alana tracked down the pasta maker, Leah Ferrazzani, and Alana says that Leah told her at one point things started taking off and Whole Foods were interested in carrying her pasta that would take a company into the big time. If she wanted to get into these national grocery stores, she was going to have to get investors and just make her company a lot bigger. But for Leah, getting those investors was going to mean basically handing over control of her business, giving them the reins. I did find a lot of companies that had been founded by women, but then when they had to scale and grow bigger, they were either acquired by companies run by men or a male CEO took over or they had to take on a bunch of male investors who were basically calling the shots. Many women that Alana spoke to sold their businesses off or just chose not to grow. That's what Leah Ferrazzani decided. She said no to Whole Foods and she kept control of her pasta company. One of her friends was like, why don't you just stay small? And that's what she did. But I think a lot of women-owned businesses have that choice to either stay small and keep control or go big and get investors and kind of seed control. 
Julia Pollock says that this has long been the situation, but she thinks that things are now changing. Like a lot of women and minorities started businesses during the pandemic, and that led to a lot of demand for venture capital and loans. And now there's a bunch of startups catering to that demand for loans, with names like Lindio, Fundbox, On Deck, and Cabbage with a K. Do not forget the K. In other words, Darian, startups that are probably mostly founded by white men are raising all of this venture capital to create companies that will fund businesses that are started by women and minorities because they can't get access to venture capital. It's like the great circle of capitalism. And as for Alana Samuels, our activist with the wallet, just looking for women-owned companies, she says she discovered some products she loved during her week, and they were very delicious. But she decided that one week was long enough. It was just so time consuming and so expensive that it was a relief. And we have this store across the street from us. So I just went in and bought some tortilla chips and a hunk of cheddar and, you know, went home and made nachos in my microwave. You didn't have to Google anything. Exactly. It was it was very freeing. And I felt both uh, disgusting and very satisfied, both because of the nachos and because, you know, I'm sure all those companies were run by men. Well, Darian, you know, if you can't win, at least you can eat your feelings. And I feel like there's nothing that is more American than that. This episode of The Indicator was produced by Jamila Huxtable and fact-checked by Caitlin Nicholas. The Indicator's edited by Kate Concanon and is a production of NPR. NPR. 